0: Volume two, chapter three of Marriage. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Volume two of Marriage by Susan Ferrier. Chapter three. They were in sooth a most enchanting train, skilful to unite with evil good and strew with pleasure pain castle of indolence in writing to her maternal friend mary did not follow the mode usually adopted by young ladies of the heroic cast that is that of giving a minute and circumstantial detail of their own complete wretchedness and abusing in terms highly sentimental every member of the family with whom they are associated mary knew that to breathe a hint of her own unhappiness would be to embitter the peace of those she loved and she therefore strove to conceal from their observation the disappointment she had experienced many a sigh was heaved however and many a tear was wiped away ere a letter could be composed that would carry pleasure to the dear group at glenfern she could say nothing of her mother's tenderness or her sister's affection but she dwelt upon the elegance of the one and the beauty of the other she could not boast of the warmth of her uncle's reception but she praised his good-humour and enlarged upon lady emily's kindness and attention even dr redgill's admiration of scotch breakfasts was given as a bon bouche for her good old aunts i declare said miss grizzy as she ended her fifth perusal of the letter mary must be a happy creature everybody must allow indeed i never heard it disputed that lady juliana is a most elegant being and i dare say she is greatly improved since we saw her for you know that is a long time ago the mind may improve after a certain age replied Jackie with one of her wisest looks but i doubt very much if the person does if the inside had been like the out there would have been no need for improvement observed nicky i'm sure you're both perfectly right resumed the sapient grizzy and i have not the least doubt but that our dear niece is a great deal wiser than when we knew her nobody can deny but that she is a great deal older and you know people always grow wiser as they grow older of course they ought to do it said jacky with emphasis but there's no fool like an old fool quoth nicky what a delightful creature our charming niece adelaide must be from mary's account said grizzy only i can't conceive how her eyes come to be black i'm sure there's not a black eye amongst us the Kilnacroish family are black to be sure and kilner great-grandmother was first cousin once removed to our grandfather's aunt by our mother's side it's wonderful the length that resemblances run in some old families and i really can't account for our niece adelaide's black eyes naturally any other way than just through the kilner crowish family for i'm quite convinced it's from us she takes them children always take their eyes from the father's side everybody knows that beckys and bellas and babies are all as like their poor fathers as they can stare there's no accounting for the varieties of the human species said jackie and likes an ill mark observed nicky and only think of her being so much taller than mary and twins i declare it's wonderful i should have thought indeed i never doubted that they would have been exactly the same size and such a beautiful colour too when we used to think mary rather pale it's very unaccountable you forget said jackie who had not forgot the insult offered to her nursing system eighteen years before you forget that i always predicted what would happen i never knew any good come of change said nicky i'm sure that's very true rejoined grizzy and we have great reason to thank our stars that mary is not a perfect dwarf which i really thought she would have been for long till she took a shooting summer was a year but she'll shoot no more said jacky with a shake of the head that might have vied with jove's imperial nod england's not the place for shooting the englishwomen are all poor jokes." said nicky who had seen three in the course of her life it's a great matter to us all however and to herself too poor thing that mary should be so happy resumed Grizzy, i'm sure i don't know what she would have done if lord courtland had been an ill-tempered harsh man which you know he might just as easily have been and it would have been very hard upon poor mary and lady emily such a sweet creature too I'm sure we must all allow we have the greatest reason to be thankful I Don't know said Jackie Mary was petted enough before I wish she may have a head to stand any more She'll be ten times nicer than ever quoth Nicky There is some reason to be sure that can't be denied to be afraid of that at the same time Mary has a great deal of sense of her own when she chooses and it's a great matter for her and indeed for all of us that she is under the eye of such a sensible worthy man as that dr redgill of course we may be sure lord courtland will keep a most elegant table and have a great variety of sweet things which are certainly very tempting for young people but i have no doubt but dr redgill will look after mary and see that she doesn't eat too many of them dr redgill must be a very superior man pronounced jackie in her most magisterial manner if i could hear of a private opportunity exclaimed nicky in a transport of generosity i would send him one of our hams and a nice little pig of butter the english are all great people for butter the proposal was hailed with rapture by both sisters in a breath and it was finally settled that to those tender pledges of nicky's grizzy should add a box of lady maclaughlan's latest invented pills while miss Jackie was to compose the epistle that was to accompany them the younger set of aunts were astonished that mary had said nothing about lovers and offers of marriage as they had always considered going to england as synonymous with going to be married to mrs douglas's more discerning eye mary's happiness did not appear in so dazzling a light as to the weaker optics of her aunts it is not like my mary thought she to rest so much on mere external advantages surely her warm affectionate heart cannot be satisfied with the grace of a mother and the beauty of a sister these she might admire in a stranger but where we seek for happiness we better prize more homely attributes yet mary is so open and confiding i think she could not have concealed from me had she experienced a disappointment Mrs. Douglas was not aware of the effect of her own practical lessons, and that while she was almost unconsciously practising the quiet virtues of patience and fortitude and self-denial and ostentatiously sacrificing her own wishes to promote the comfort of others, her example, like a kindly Jew, was shedding its silent influence on the embryo blossoms of her pupil's heart. A volume two. CHAPTER 3